Here at the Fantasy Doctors, we use our expertise in the world of sports as well as medicine to bring you the most up-to-date injury news. Our first injury of the day actually broke his back last week. I want Lionel Messi healthy. I want Suarez healthy. Fam, fam. Mo Salah is beasting. I want Ronaldo healthy. I want the whole squad healthy. Seven La Liga title in a span of 10 years. That basically, to me, that means he was concussed. He was knocked out. There was absolutely no competition. We're your hosts, physical therapy students, Andy and Berg. And welcome to the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. So of the soccer fitness experience, it's me, your co-host, Andy, or main man, Berg. Berg, how are you doing today, bro? Chilling, uh, man. You know, you know how it is. Just, um, Berg, you know what I just noticed? Uh, I've been saying the same exact words for the intro. That's fine. Every every single that is episode. fine. It has not changed, and I didn't even write it down. I'm just thinking, like, wow, that's that's consistent. Repet- repetition, man. Repetition. Yeah. The listeners are probably <laughs> used to it by now. They don't even. They don't even. They don't even care. Ah, it's all good. It's all good. And How's I've been saying the same thing. You asked me how I'm doing, and I said I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and I just do a <laughs> recap of what I did this week. Yeah. Usually I don't do yeah. anything, but this time around it's just it's getting cold. So I'm just I've just been indoors all weekend. Yeah. It has how been you, getting cold. How you doing? Where you at now? You're in uh, Maryland, right? I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. I mean, Ooh. it's not Boston cold, but it's, like it's, it's it's getting up there a little bit. Man, you know? you're getting this is spring weather for you. <laughs> you're getting spring weather there. Oh man, it's getting up there. Which reminds me, we should do an episode pretty soon on training in the cold, and maybe training indoors. Those are two good topics we can add to our list. Training in the cold is fun, man. I think it's fun too. Once you start running, too, but... it's okay. Oh, well, your toes! I I had a game this Saturday. And it took me like a while to warm up, and my I couldn't feel my toes at all, man. It was hard. It was hard to run the first ten minutes of the game. Yep, for sure, for sure. But but we sh- we we'll today we have a uh, podcast. We will, we will. I want to I want to learn more about this league. We should do an episode where we just talk about what kind of soccer we're playing and like the struggles we've been having. I feel like that's a good episode too. <laughs> all right, <laughs> we'll do that. But uh, today we're talking about flexibility because me and Berg both get this question a lot. The question is, how do I become more flexible? And flexibility, it's it's a funny topic. So we're going to start by defining flexibility. Um, a lot of people, especially in, in the physio world, um, there's talk of flexibility versus uh, tissue extensibility, mm. this and that. But we're going to keep it very simple today. We're going to just talk about flexibility as you being able to um, improve your range of motion. And um, what's, what's important about improving your flexibility is you can improve it in one of two ways. Um, the first way you can do is improve the flexibility or your range of motion of a certain joint. And this is important to do right after you have uh, surgery or you're not playing for a while. A good example for this is if you ever see a teammate um, who has come back from ACL surgery, one of the things that happens is their knee capsule or like the ligaments and and structures around their knee um, becomes tightened. And when that happens, it limits their knee flexibility. Now, this type of flexibility is different from like, let's say you go play in a game you're playing 90 minutes and at the end you're like, man, my hamstring feels kind of tight and I can't move it as much. 
those are the two different types of flexibilities we're talking about. Um, the muscle itself, such as the, the, the hamstring muscle versus the joint, which is like the whole, the joint itself and the capsule around it. Um, when we're improving flexibility, it's important to target which one of those we're trying to improve to get the result that we want. Yeah, that is true. And still, they're still trying to figure out how that process work, how we get the muscle um, to, to how, how do we get the muscle to end the joint to increase your range of motion? You're still trying to figure out how this all process works. But, you know, for you guys, it doesn't matter. You just need to figure out why you do it and how to do it, basically. And um, from the research, um, you know, it seems like, you know, like you can't really, from, from my understanding of, of the explanation, you can't, because the muscle is attached as two fixed points, an attachment and insertion. I mean, if you, you can't really increase the length of that distance if, you, if you're thinking about the muscle. They said when you do the stretching and whatnot, what increases, it's basically your tolerance to stretching. It's like your brain puts like a limit on how much you can, how much range of motion you have. And, you know, as you stretch more and more and more and more, it allows you to actually access um, that, that range of motion that you supposedly had from the beginning. But, you know, there's like a, a protective mechanism there that, that limit the amount, the, the amount of range of motion you have, which is, you know, when I first learned it, it, it kind of like, was like a, like a shocker. It's like that explanation was like, whoa, what is going on? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the first, the first way we can really improve this flexibility is what we call static stretching. And static stretching, Berg, that's one of the, the, the elements that really takes into account what you just said. Um, in that static stretching is your very average, you know, I'm going to sit on the ground mm -hmm. and reach and touch my toes for about 30 seconds to a minute. Um, what static stretching does is this. Right now, we're unsure if that stretch, that 30 seconds to a minute stretch, will actually increase the length of, let's say, your hamstring muscle, right? But what we do know is happening is that your body and your brain are becoming more comfortable with your muscles being in that length and position, which allows you to essentially reach further into more ranges of motion. Um, the thing about static stretching, though, is it takes a lot of static stretching to improve range of motion. We're talking yeah. about a minute per stretch, multiple times per day for a period over multiple months. I think, I think um, the, to, to find that increase in range of motion with static stretches, you want like two to three times a week uh, of stretching. I forgot how long, you, how, how long that session is, but um, the duration over couple it's like five to six weeks before you actually see an improvement in like a, a like a not like a long-term improvement because sometimes when you do the static stretches you know there's a short-term improvement you you increase your you and you know it's a noticeable improvement of range of motion but it's not long it's not long-term like you lose it like the next day or like three or four three or four hours later but if you continue doing that static stretches over a period of five to six weeks regularly, then, you know, that improvement in range of motion stays. Yep. Mostly because, you know, you're, you're staying in that adapted range of motion that you, you achieved and you're really not giving your body a chance to slip back into the, 
the prior more shortened range of motion. But again, this was for the muscle. Um, if you're, if you're, let's say you're coming off of surgery and you want to increase range of motion of a joint, um, point number one, make sure you're doing this under your licensed healthcare provider, such as your physio, athletic trainer, yada, yada, yada. But in that case, if you're improving the flexibility of a joint, um, that can happen relatively, relatively quickly if you do it at the right time under the right protocol. Yes. Um, so like for instance, ACL, you know, you can get that full knee extension, hopefully within a week or two. Um, as long as you're following the right, the right guidelines and you're following what your, your surgeon, your PTAT tells you to do. Yeah, there's also this thing where, um, you know, in, in a sports world where people, want, <clears throat> they like to avoid the static stretching because um, supposedly it, you know, like decreased performance. Now, but what, what do they mean by performance? Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Is it, they usually check it by um, explosiveness, your jumping ability, your vertical, your leap. Um, some research I found that if you do static stretches before you do, these explosive movement then you know you're not gonna perform as well so that's why there's you know you always see your coach um everywhere you go people advocate for what we're going to talk about next dynamic stretching because it seems like when you do that it doesn't nearly stop improvement from in, in your explosiveness yeah so dynamic stretching is the stretching you should be doing on a very regular basis before all of your practices, all of your games, all of your lifting sessions. Um, it's that more dynamic stretching we're talking about, you know, the, the average um, hamstring uh, pulls and knee hugs, high knees, hamstring kicks, things like that, where, you know, you're actually doing the movements that you would see throughout an athletic event rather than just going down and touching your toes and holding for 30 seconds. Right. So, what dynamic stretching does is it's, it's actually proven to increase your performance and temporarily improve your tissue length to allow you to perform at your best in your athletic event. Um, so dynamic stretching is great because, one, it improves your tissue length very, very slightly for a short period of time, just like static stretching. Two, um, it warms up your tissue especially, you know, now it's getting colder. You need to make sure your tissues are warm. Um, mm -hmm. Three, what it does is it decreases your injury risk. And those are all three key components of a dynamic warm-up, which includes a lot of dynamic stretching. Yep. And that's why, you know, if you guys want a great example of dynamic warm-up, you know, go and look no further and find a FIFA 11. Because that's FIFA 11 plus, I mean that's a great resource to find all kinds of dynamic stretches you can actually employ before your pickup game, before your soccer game. If you're a captain and you have the responsibility of warming up on your teammate before a game, if you need those kind of resources, you just look up FIFA 11 plus and then pick a variety of exercise from there that will basically help you warm up before your game. Great resource. Yep, for sure, for sure. Oh, um, another question I had, Andy, I don't know if you thought about this when you came, when, when, when we we got that 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 topic um you know there's this you know yeah you want to increase flexibility but you know is this really what people want uh, are people thinking about flexibility um are they using flexibility interchangeably with another word for example 
you know, as a, you know, soccer player, do I want you to be more flexible or do I want like more mobility kind of, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm flexible, yes, I'm able to increase my range of motion. But if I can't get to that range of motion by myself, for example, we, um, flexibility to my, my understanding of flexibility is just you increase your range of motion, but it's, it's passively, right? But, you know, with mobility, you know, you increase your range of motion using your own strength. So I guess that's, that leads us to, to the next um, segment here, which is like compound a movement to increase your mobility. It's, it's some sort of, you, you can do a better job at explaining that to, to the audience than me when it comes to this one. Yeah, I mean, the, so you, we, have, we talked about two ways so far to improve your flex, flexibility. Um, static stretching and dynamic stretching. The third way I want to talk about is doing flexibility through compound movements. Um, it's a little bit indirect, but when you have these increases in flexibility um, through static and dynamic stretching, um, your range of motion improves. And when your range of motion improves, what you want to do is strengthen that new range of motion that you just achieved, that you just got. Now, you're thinking, how can I do that? Well, let's say you improve a lot on hamstring flexibility, um, things like that. What you can do is say, okay, I'm going to use a compound movement such as a deep back squat or a split squat or a lunge to strengthen the range of motion that I got. You know, or let's say somebody has limited hip flexibility. What you can do is do some hip stretches beforehand and then take that into your squats and deadlifts. And what that's going to do is two things. One, it's going to strengthen the range of motion that you just achieved. And two, it's going to further increase your range of motion because now you're spending time in those deep positions with load. So if you think about it, if you have a very deep back squat, or a very heavy back squat, and you drop down into that low position, that's a very intense stretch, whether you realize it or not. Oh, yes. Because you're in a, you're in a, very, um, a very difficult hip range of motion to, to stabilize in. So now you're down there in that deep position of the squat, getting a very deep stretch, and learning how to generate force from that position, which is why compound movements, compound exercises – are a great way to complement your static and dynamic stretching when it comes to flexibility. And not to, not to mention, that's, that's, a, that's a real way of improving performance there. You've got increased range and you have strength to that increased range. That means, you know, your, your, your explosiveness, you know, it's, you know, is increased by leap because you got, you got more range of motion and you got strength to all the range. So you can actually perform a lot better. The other reason too, like once if you're working on just flexibility, improving your range of motion, the other reason it's important to actually strengthen that new range of motion you just have is because you know it it, it can lead to injury if you if you um like you are super mobile, but you know you don't have the strength to control that mobility. You know that's and that 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 those kind of compound movement exercises come be really important to you know, dancers, gymnasts, because those guys, they work through their whole range of motion. If you think about your shoulder, their shoulder goes from like down there to all the way up. You're supposed to, and they do movement that basically challenge their whole range of motion. So they need to be strong in at all different angles. And, you know, as a soccer player, you know, you might not actually be working to all that range, but it's still important in, in terms of improving, you know, your explosiveness and 
and whatnot. Yeah, and, and the last thing that kind of piggybacks off of the whole compound movement thing is doing eccentric exercises. And a great example for this is the Nordic hamstring curl. So take, for instance, your hamstrings. You know, you do your static stretching, casual, bend down, touch your toes. You do some dynamic stretching, so some like hamstring sweeps, some leg kicks. Uh, you do your compound movements, like your deep squat. And now you're thinking, hmm, is there any way I can completely improve my hamstring flexibility doing an isolated exercise? Now, the eccentric exercises, they're mostly done in isolation for, for a lot of muscle groups, but for the hamstrings in particular, um, what the, the eccentric um, or what the, the Nordic hamstring curl does is it requires you to be strong throughout every single point in the hamstring range of motion. Not only is it doing that, you're lengthening your hamstrings throughout the exercise as it gets progressively harder. So it's literally doing exactly what we talked about. It's you're stretching the hamstring because you're fully extending them at the end and you're improving your strength because it's a resistance exercise and it's progressively getting harder and harder until you get to the end. Um, so I'm a big fan of doing eccentric, eccentric exercises as a form to not only improve your flexibility, but um, maintain it. And it's actually proven in, in the literature that um, eccentric exercise is great for keeping that flexibility. That is correct. And I think that's all we had for you guys today. You know, my, my takeaway from, from, from the pot, from this podcast, pop, I can't speak today. My takeaway from this podcast today is just, um, you know, when you increase your flexibility, um, which is, you know, increasing your range of motion, you're supposed to actually increase the strength for that, you know, boost in range of motion. Cause otherwise you, you know, if you, if you become too mobile and you don't have the strength to cover that whole range, you become more prone to injury. So movement like deep squat, um, lunges, eccentric exercise, you know, goes a long way in helping you not only maintain that flexibility, but actually get you even stronger to all that range that you just gained. Yep. And my takeaway is, you know, make flexibility, mobility, whatever you want to call it, part of your warm up. Do it on a very regular basis and make sure you're doing your strength exercise in conjunction with it to strengthen the new ranges that you are trying to achieve. That's it. All right. See y'all next week. Peace.